Welcome to Me Teach You. I'm Sarah. And I'm Matt. And this week we're back. We are back. Took a week off because I started a new job and I didn't think it would be that hard. (laughs) (laughs) So we didn't record anything like to, you know, as a buffer. But here we are. Lesson learned. All right. So today I actually have a very good story for you. All right. I am excited. Now, there's a few things I like. War, animals, and the law. Ooh, now we have definitely had some <laughs> encounters with all of those. Well, this and one you. is only two out of three. Okay. So it's animals and the law. Oh, no war. No war. Oh, okay. So, fun. <laughs> so no, mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. So this is called Miles v. City Council of Augusta, Georgia. That's the official court case. All right. Does it ring any bells? Nope, not okay, at all. Okay, good. So in the spring of 1981 in Columbia, South Carolina. An unemployed couple named Carl and Elaine Miles had an idea to make some money. Okay. So we've been in this position. Absolutely. An unemployed couple. Uh-huh. We've but been there. <laughs> unlike them, wait, but, oh, wait, wait, <laughs> I'm going to say this. But unlike them, we didn't have their secret weapon. What was their secret weapon? A cat that talked. Oh, well, I didn't <laughs> expect that. Our cats don't do shit. No. They've, they're not. They're just cats. They're not money makers. Let's yeah. just say that. So what they did is they put a harness on their cat, Blackie. Okay. All right. Uh, Carl draped the cat over his shoulder. Okay. And they went downtown and they said, hey, this cat can talk. You throw a couple quarters my way and you can see for yourself. (laughs) And, you know, like if anyone has the experience of walking a dog and all of a sudden you're super approachable to strangers, like you don't seem as scary. Like I think cats are even more extreme versions of that. Yeah. Cause no one's out walking a cat. <laughs> no. It, and people immediately want to talk to you. They're yeah. like, what is going on? How did you do that? It's great. So more often than not, people would be very interested. Of course. And they'd pay them the money. And, I would, wouldn't you? And I actually have a clip of the cat talking. Oh, this is excellent. I know. So this is from, I believe a radio show, but this is a good reflection of what it sounded like. All right. I will make Blackie say, I want my mama. Wow. That is horrifying. I mean, that's what a cat sounds like when it talks. Let's yeah. face it. Like, what'd you expect? It's not going to be like a human. It does kind of mimic the sounds he tells it to make, though. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually says that he trained it. Yeah. Like, he spent years training it. I believe that he did. Absolutely. I mean, it sounds like it. Yeah. And so people really, really like this cat. Of course. It's a talking cat. And it started getting some fame around town and people started, you know, giving money. And it actually became like an income source for Carl and Elaine. Now, what year was this? This was in the early 1980s. Wow. So they were making money off their cat and uh, paying rent. decades and living, before yeah. everybody else started doing <laughs> They're it. They're like the proto-YouTuber, like Instagram cat people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they started getting some notoriety in town. They got invited to speak on radio shows. They got $500 to appear on a TV show called That's Incredible. <laughs> Well, it is pretty incredible. And Blackie also recorded a Christmas song, a special Christmas featuring Blackie the cat that talked, which I cannot find online. Oh, no. I want to find it so bad. This is only the 1980s. Like, it's out there. Yeah. Right? It's out there somewhere. If you're listening to this and you know where we can find the Christmas special album of Blackie the cat, please write us. Surely, even like the nephew or niece of this couple. Like, they were like in their 20s, like let's say mid-20s, I think, when this happened. So they're around too. Yeah. Surely. Surely. So because of their success and possibly also because after several months, the people of Columbia were over the novelty of a talking cat, they decided Mm -hmm. to move up north. Right. Now we're north. 
they Don't went take to, the show on the road. Yeah, exactly. They went to Augusta, Georgia, which is a little bit bigger. Okay. And this is where the trouble began. Oh, trouble. Because they busted a town with this attitude like, my cat's famous, look. And yeah. I'm sure the people were like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> They're walking down and down the streets with this cat. So several locals actually reported them to police saying they're walking around soliciting money, brandishing a cat that was probably possessed (laughs) by the devil, which is true. But when the cops showed up, their biggest concern was you're running a business. All right. This is a business. You're making money and you do not have a license. Right. And they're like, no, we're not going to get a license. Like, what does our cat need a license? It's ridiculous. And the police are like, no, $50 is the license that you need to pay. Right. Which is not a small fee yeah it's not like thousands of dollars but a I th- paltry sum i think they're very indignant about the fact that they their cat is the one that needed the license right and they're kind of like no you guys are promoting them you're managing him so you guys anyway so the cops they went back and forth back and forth they refused they refused and cop finally like if you keep doing this we're gonna arrest you because you are breaking the law yeah and so they did pay for a license mm-hmm. but then they immediately took the city to court <laughs> they said no and their lawyer argued that there was no specific category in the business license section for talking cats well i'm sure he's right about that that is correct and so they shouldn't have been charged for a business license but the counter argument was that it was technically applicable to and i quote section two of augusta's business ordinance Number 5006 that specifies a $50 license should be paid to any agent or agencies not specifically mentioned. So it's kind of like a catch-all, <laughs> right. right? That's like probably why it's so cheap. It's like if you don't fall under any of these categories, this is what you have to pay. It's like the lowest amount. I mean, that sounds pretty closed, just like shut and closed. Yes. So the judge on this case, a one Dudley Hollinsworth Bowen Jr. A good name. Who is my favorite character maybe besides Blackie in this whole story he took all this information he went to think about it and then he presented his decision to court okay but perhaps more interesting than his ruling was he included a footnote about a time that he encountered Blackie (sighs) should have recused himself well here it is here's what he said in the ruling on the motion for summer judgment the court has considered only the evidence in the file However, it should be disclosed that I have seen and heard the demonstration of Blackie's abilities. (laughs) The point in time was on the court's view, summer 1982, well after the events contended in the lawsuit. One afternoon while crossing Green Street in an automobile, I spotted in the median a man accompanied by a cat and a woman. The black cat was draped over his left shoulder. Knowing the matter to be in litigation and suspecting the cat was Blackie, I thought twice before stopping. (laughs) (laughs) He incriminates himself. Observing, however, that counsel for neither side was present and any citizen on the street could have happened by chance upon the scene, I spoke and the man with the cat eagerly responded to my greeting. I asked him if the cat could talk. He said he could. And if I'd pull over to the side street, he'd show me. And I did. And he did. (laughs) (laughs) Held and stroked by the man, Blackie said, I love you. (laughs) And I want my mama. I felt that my dollar was well spent. So that was his footnote. Wow, they should make a Netflix movie about this. About this judge only. (laughs) I love him. But despite this kind of 
glowing review of the side street alley he went on and saw this cat. Yeah. It's kind of like a sketchy thing that happened. That he did make it sound pretty sketchy. Yeah, yeah, he's like, come on into the alley. I'll show you the cat. The judge did rule that Blackie's owners needed a business license to operate his unholy speakatorium. <laughs> the cats was a couple's source of income. And they worked as his handlers and his promoters. And so it was a business. Sure. That's what they said. Yeah. But he did conclude with a beautifully written statement. And I shall read part of it. That a talking cat could generate interest and income is not surprising. Man's fascination with domestic feline is perennial. People of Western cultures usually fall in two categories. Generally, they're ilurophiles or ilurophobes. You know what that is? No. Cat lovers or cat haters? Cat fearers? Mm. Cats are ambiguous in the literature, lore, and fiber of our society and language. The ruthless Garfield commands the comic strips. (laughs) I've never heard Garfield described as ruthless. And the cat in the hat exasperates even Dr. Seuss. (laughs) And who hasn't heard of Heathcliff, Felix, or Sylvester? For hundreds, perhaps thousands of years, people have carried on conversations with cats. More often, these are one-sided and range from cloying, mawkish nonsense to the topics of science and liberal arts. Apparently, Blackie's pride does not prevent him from making an occasional response to the great gush of human verbiage, much to the satisfaction and benefit of his owners. Apparently, some cats do talk. Wow. I love him so much. He was so, like, just jazzed about getting to write that speech. I know. That's just a part of it, too. It's longer. (laughs) It's amazing. I love it. It made me very happy. So You can tell that important things do not happen in that town. Yeah. (laughs) At least not, not probably, like, dark things. Not this. This is probably, like, like, a breath of fresh air. So, the next year, the case was taken to a higher court, and officially became known as the Miles v. City Council of Augusta, Georgia. A three-judge panel reviewed the decision to see if it was just, if there was some sort of, you know, discrimination or improper ruling. And here was their final verdict. This court will not hear a claim that Blackie's right to free speech has been infringed. First, although Blackie arguably possesses a very unusual ability, he cannot be considered a person and is therefore not protected by the Bill of Rights. Sad. It is sad. I don't like that. It's like people own animals and they can do what they want, I guess. It's horrid. Second, even if Blackie had such a right, we see no need for appealants to assert his rights by a third party. Blackie can clearly speak for himself. <laughs> so, they, Zing. so they had to pay the 50 bucks. Yeah, well. So that's the story of Blackie the talking cat. I'm, I'm glad they didn't use him to sweep for landmines or whatever in this story. <laughs> it's nice to have a, a, fu- a f- kind of a fun story about an animal. They didn't like trap a bomb to him and yeah. put him into the trenches? Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. Blackie part two. <laughs> the dark truth. All right, and uh, so now I am going. It's my turn. It's Damn my right. turn now a to teach. Graceful entrance. Yes. Uh, so I am going to teach you all about something I'm very excited about. Yes. Uh, I've been sort of giddy uh, for the last couple of days <laughs> after I discovered this topic. You've been giggling like a schoolgirl. This is something I before I, I found out about this and started researching it. I had no idea this was ever a thing. So without further ado, let me launch into my uh, teaching. 
about garden hermits. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So you probably are wondering right now, what is a garden hermit? Is it a crab? (laughs) That's a good guess, but it is not a crab. Okay. So a garden hermit is a person. (laughs) A living person? A living person. But it's not just any living person. It is a living person that has been hired to be a human ornament. Okay. Okay. So let me explain. In the 18th century in England, a kind of a craze started and it became became like a really big thing. And basically a homeowner would build a shack <laughs> or outfit a cave. They would pay a person to dress up in like druid clothes <laughs> and then they would go and live on the estate as like a cantankerous old druid for a period of several years. That's incredible. Yeah. That is like the weirdest thing. Yes, it is. An, it is, in fact, the weirdest it's thing. Like, it's almost like a zoo exhibit in your yard. Yeah, it's kind of like having a one-man human performance art yeah. slash zoo. Yeah, I wonder how much they made. Yeah. And were they just like bums off the street and they're like, oh, I'm happy to have a house. So, yeah. So most of them, they, they wanted them to dress up like druids. But yeah. the thing is, is nobody really knows what a druid <laughs> looks like or wears. Yeah. So it was up to each estate owner how to dress them. <laughs> Um, perhaps this is some something of a predecessor to garden gnomes because yeah. a lot of them ended up wearing sort of like uh, those conical like Tall dunce, dunce caps. <laughs> oh my god, I love dunce caps so much. Along with sort of like you know rugged, uh, shaggy clothes with twigs that sewn does, into it. In my head, I'm thinking garden gnome. That is so weird. Yeah. So let me just start off by giving you an example here. Uh, this is an advertisement okay. that was um, put in like a newspaper okay. in 1797. Uh, in, and it's an advertisement for someone uh, like an estate owner uh, seeking a garden hermit. The hermit is never to leave the place or hold conversation with anyone for seven years, <gasps> during which he is neither to wash himself or cleanse himself in any way but is to let his hair and nails both on hands and feet grow <laughs> as long as nature will permit them. This fucked up. He cannot wash himself? Uh, in this case, they said no. No washing I mean, yourself. what if you wash yourself a little or go out into the rain, I wonder? Well, then you'd, you'd be breaking the rules, right? What did right? they say in the Bible? He'd not anoint himself? I wonder if it's similar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess some of them would, you know, maybe allow the anointing. Other ones, maybe not. And you in fact, yourself at night. Uh, only. A different place. They allowed people to have um, the the rules they gave were you were allowed to have a Bible. Oh. You're allowed to bring a set of glasses. Okay. Uh, you can have a mat to stand on if your feet get tired. That's like you and your standing desk. You got a mat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you may use a hassock as a pillow. That fuck's a hassock. It's basically like a a coarse sort of canvas stuffed beanbag-esque yeah it's kind of like uh it's like a it's like basically a rougher pillow okay that sounds awful um you may have an hourglass you may drink water and uh <laughs> food will be provided from the house god i feel like they're, they're excited at first to get the you know the garden hermit and then they're like oh just throw him the scraps yeah exactly he's already signed the contract <laughs> i mean they're this part basically like a pet it's like a dog right that lives in a dog house yes. but it's a person who lives in a person house it or a cave or a cave yeah <laughs> that's ridiculous uh-huh. I, you know i don't like how they're not allowed to talk to anybody yeah although you know maybe there's somebody out there this would be their ideal job yeah in fact some people obviously did sign up for this and yeah. do it and uh we'll get into why in a minute <laughs> but uh one thing to that is important to note about these garden hermits is that at this period of time it was very in vogue to express um emotions of melancholy oh so everyone really wanted these hermits to embody 
melancholy. Oh they were God. supposed to be kind of brooding and moody. And the whole idea is that they would kind of remind people of their own mortality. Oh God, that's horrible. So I, I've, I've kind of read to you an advertisement um, that was advertising for yeah. someone to come work as a garden hermit. But here is a, a guide to the estate of Hawkinshire. Mm-hmm. It was published in 1784. Okay. So basically it's like one of the, you know, back in like the olden days, they would write guides to like whatever. Yes. Uh, so this was a guide to like a local estate. Ooh. So someone would go there and write a book just about this person's estate. Like, it's like, it's people, like, a, like rich people were really vain at this period of time. Uh, like super, super is vain. Is it like Lonely Planet, like a travel guide book? Yeah, it's like or, a travel guide book about someone's house. That's so crazy. So here's uh, their description of the, the hermit at this estate. The hermit is generally in a sitting posture <laughs> with a table before him. On which is a skull, the <gasps> emblem of mortality. Ooh. In hourglass, a book, and a pair of spectacles. The venerable barefooted father, <laughs> whose name is Francis, <laughs> if awake, always rises up at the approach of strangers. <laughs> he seems to be about 90 years of age. He is tolerably conversant. Oh, he talks. And far from being unpolite. Yeah, Francis. so some, some estates would allow their garden hermits to speak to people. And then the guy rated him four out of five stars. Yeah. <laughs> Other ones, yeah, they weren't even allowed to speak to somebody, which is crazy. Like, yeah, I don't like it. I mean, like, I've seen ads for apartments that are cheaper than normal, but it's like no overnight guests. Yeah. No this, no that. But this is like taking it to an extreme. Yeah. Now, imagine you, you're rich enough to have a garden hermit. Like, that's really rich, right? Really rich. I mean, like, I, here's the thing, though. If you get one from the street, if you get somebody who's homeless, who you're just like living in my yard, oh, maybe no, they... Oh, no. They would never <gasps> hire a homeless person. Oh, my Lord. They're not hiring like, necessarily homeless people. They're hiring people maybe with like careers and families and jobs and like... Yeah. Some young, some old, but... Always hermits. Just sort of young uh, or just sort of working professionals. Working professionals. <laughs> interns. Now, occasionally there'd be a family with an estate that wasn't r- that rich and yeah. they couldn't afford to have a garden hermit. Oh, no. So sometimes what they would do is they would have like a mannequin yeah, that was dressed up. Yeah, I was thinking. Up. I was thinking that. Or sometimes what they would do is they'd create a the hermitage, like the uh, the house that the yeah. hermit would live in or, or decorate a cave. And when people would come over, they'd be like, oh, the hermit is out about wandering right now I see if you can find him so they would pretend that they had a hermit and they'd be like oh he's just not here right I now I like that idea better it feels more ethical I also like the idea of putting a mannequin at the window and then putting a light behind him so it looks like someone's always looking out so you're probably wondering now how much do these hermits get paid yes I am Charles Hamilton of Painshill Park Estate oh Charles offered a payment of 700 pounds uh, for seven years of service so at the successful completion of seven years you get paid 700 pounds why don't you get half up front which in today's dollars would be worth about 1.2 <gasps> million dollars oh my god why does not get half up front though or so at least 10%? They, these hermits were paid well like really well, well. a million dollars over seven years that it's true but even by today's standards but they're that's basically not bad. a slave of course you have to do it for seven years yeah. and you don't get paid until the end of it. And what if your what if your master goes like straight derelict before the end? Yeah, true. Then you might be uh, SOL. Now, not <laughs> every uh, estate owner was like that. For no. example, there was John Timms of uh, Lancashire. Oh, John. Who uh, he paid fifty pounds a year. Okay, that seems more reasonable. So it's on a slightly better interval. Like yearly. And he actually allowed his hermits to have books. And, oh, his hermit. Nobody had more than one hermit. That wouldn't make sense. <laughs> Two hermits competing for... <laughs> he allowed his hermit to have books and musical instruments. Oh. And some other people, they would also get their hermits to uh, to serve drinks at garden parties. Oof. Uh, but a lot of the time, they really... 
pretty much universally they were not allowed to either bathe or just cut their hair yeah, that's what my fear or their is. nails yeah so why would you want them near your food because well because they're like druids they're sort of like these magical garden gnomes they that are living hands. that live in and everyone's like oh <laughs> this is just the weirdest shit in the world i can't I believe people t- ever did this and if you're wondering how high up did this thing go <laughs> well i'll tell you the story of the hermit uh stephen duck Okay. Who was hired by Queen Caroline, <gasps> the wife of George the Second? Holy shit! Uh, and he was the hermit at the Royal Gardens of Richmond. Uh, I hope his life was good. <laughs> so his hermitage was called Merlin's Cave, okay, and it was like decorated that. with astronomical charts, mathematical tools, <laughs> orreries, beakers. Ooh. Uh, basically, it was like a wizard, archetypical wizard's lair. And he was dressed up fully like, uh, you know, like Merlin with the cone yeah. hat and robes. Like he was a whiz. He wasn't he wasn't so much the garden hermit as the garden wizard. Yeah. They took it to the next level. So I guess the queen was a bit of a nerd. I kind of like that she asked for this and she's like, we have to get one, please. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm like, all right. And, and so he also was allowed to have his wife live with him. Oh, that's good. OK. Yeah. So it was both of them together. And my theory here is that the queen was kind of like into this. Oh. <gasps> She had like this whole pets. little these wizard pets like roaming around doing yeah. God knows what. <laughs> they're just they're like animals. So Stephen Duck was by all accounts something of a method actor. He Ooh. took the role very seriously. Okay. He was a theatrical wizard. He really played the part. Yeah. Um, but apparently he didn't love playing the part forever because <laughs> in 1756 <gasps> he threw himself into the River Thames to kill himself. Yeah. What about his wife? I maybe he got tired of just being with her. <laughs> so. Quarantine is. Yeah. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah, well, I'm we're not going to throw myself into the to the river. We so. don't live close to that river. We have other <laughs> rivers here. Yeah, we do have oh other rivers. Oh my God. Is this like a seriously what everyone's doing right now? Like when they're quarantined with their partner? No, I don't think so. This is more weird. These, <laughs> these people weren't allowed to talk to anybody. Like we have the internet and like... We're not allowed to be close to anybody. It's kind of like the world has made us all garden hermits. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> In, in a way, yes, but in another <laughs> even larger way, no. Yeah, no. So there's one last thing I'd want to talk about, and that is obviously there are no, you know, garden hermits anymore. Or are Except they? <laughs> that there is. Oh, my God. No, are you kidding? Yep. In the city of uh, or town of Salfoden in Austria, okay. uh, a man by the name of Stan uh, Vinick, Venutricht uh-huh. in uh, 2017 won a contest to become the local hermit. Wow. So he's not exactly a garden hermit. He doesn't live on an estate, but he does live in the middle of nowhere, uh, close to this town. I like that. And he's kind of like an ambassador to the town. Yeah. So all he has to do is live out there and they provide him all the supplies he needs. Um, he signed up for it. He literally won a contest. <laughs> yeah, it was like his dream. And the only responsibility he has is that if like travelers or tourists like decide to like basically go on a pilgrimage or go through like the woods to uh, on a journey to yeah. seek him out, he will offer them sagely spiritual advice. Oh my God. I love that. I really <laughs> like that. Yeah. <gasps> it would actually be kind of a magical thing going into the woods looking for him. Yeah. I like, unless he's a creep. Yeah. And then you're stuck in the woods of the creep. Yeah. And if he wasn't a creep to begin with by now, he probably <laughs> is. I wonder if he knows about the pandemic. Well, that's a good question. Does he have internet? Is he allowed internet? No. He lives in the, like no electricity, no running water. You have like a satellite phone. You don't need running water for a SP. No, I'm pretty sure he does not have a satellite phone. That would defeat the purpose. I wonder if he takes letters. Like He's a we, hermit. You can be a hermit, but also be technologically astute. 
Yeah, but in this case, he does not have any technology. So he may not know yet about the COVID-19 pandemic. Oof. Lord. All right. Well, that is my uh, lesson on garden hermits. I hope you learned something. Well, here's my question to you. How much money would you have to be paid? And what length of time would you have to accept to be a garden hermit? I don't think I could be a garden hermit. What if I came with you? I still don't think I could be a garden hermit. What about in the old days when the I internet mean, didn't if exist? If it was like at most a year and it would have to be like $10 million. How about have to be $9 like, million? I'm sure $9 million. <laughs> what about $8 million? Okay. What's let's the say difference? It would have to be. Ooh, here's a stipulation. What if you make a village of hermit friends? What if you can bring a bunch of people you like? And so you oh, can make well, like a commune. Then for sure. That'd I mean, that goes, the, the price then goes down like way down. That'd be really fun. It'd be like living in a commune, kind of like a Westworld type situation where you're all dressed up and in character. Yeah. And you're on vacation for like six months. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I also like the idea of a horror story where a garden hermit witnesses a murder. Yeah. I had an idea for a D&D character of about a garden hermit who actually gains magical powers after Ooh, he becomes a garden hermit. I like hermit. that a lot. Like he becomes like a sorcerer a or something where yeah. Yeah, he like absorbs the power or something. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Well, stay tuned for those developments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Me Teach You. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Me Teach You. Our show is new, and you may not know this, but the first few weeks are the most important when it comes to getting the word out there. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Leave a review and tell a friend if you think they might like it too. You can connect with us at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you search Me Teach You. That's all one word with the letter U as in university. And of course, if you have any interesting topics that you think we should cover, email us at smart at meteachyou.com. 